You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Spartacus After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Spartacus After Show. Yes. Bangers for doing, everybody. And here we are doing another episode of Spartacus for AfterBuzz TV. This is Season 3, Episode 1, Enemies of Rome. I am your host, Sean Overman, and I am joined here by my lovely co-host... Spicy Marty, and I'm going to be bringing up all the spicy sizzling stuff that went on in this episode, y'all. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was lots of it. So it's been a whole year spicy, and we're back with Spartacus. Can you believe it? It seemed like it took forever for this season to come back, but phenomenal and off to a great start. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's titled War of the Damned. So we, you know, by that title, we kind of know what's going to happen. You know? <laughs> Everybody's going to die. There's going to be a whole lot of damnness going on. Yeah, everybody's damned, all, especially all the slaves. And you know what? This is actually, um, we're going to do a little bit of a recap. Please, so, because there is a lot of stuff that happened last season that has changed since this season that we see. Yeah, absolutely. So in the last episode, the, the se- season finale of season two, Okay, we had a lot of people die, a lot of important people. I know, people. it was a sad episode. It was. So we had um, Asher, who was uh, beheaded by Navia, pretty much, right? <sighs> that was a great scene. That was a great scene. It was a, it was a gr- great episode. You know, he got what he deserved. Oh, yeah. Anameus, sad to see him go. Who we absolutely love and adore. We do. It was very, very, it was a tear trigger. We it was did. Uh, Mira was killed on Mount Vesuvius. Oh, I love Mira, too. And I <laughs> do, do you remember who killed her? I forgot, someone threw like an axe at her and it hit her in the chest or something like that or in the back when she was like being an archer. Uh, I I can't remember. Yeah, you have the photographic memory. Yeah, I just remember she got like (laughs) she got hit pretty good and uh, she died on Mount Vesuvius, which was pretty sad. Gosh, she was so beautiful. I remember Spartacus not really tripping. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, "Uh, I'm going to miss her. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> but ev- how about my ex-wife? Everybody else missed her a lot more. Yeah, definitely. He was—he just wasn't connected. He's still in love with his ex. And among uh, the other bad people, of course, Asher was one of those bad guys. Uh, we had Globber killed by Spartacus. Hmm. He was deep-throated by a sword. Which he deserved. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was in the villa. And then we had Lucretia cut the baby out of Alithia's stomach. And Alithia uh, was bleeding to death. Trying to chase after her and save the baby. That was an intense scene. It was. And Lucretia, in a crazed rage of some kind, she jumped off the cliff with the baby in hand. And she is no longer on this season. That's right, of course. And 
at the end of last season, I wasn't sure if Alithia had lived or not because it showed her crawling, but I guess the implication was that she's dead. Yeah. Because she bled out. Which are some of our favorite women from the season prior that we are going to deeply miss. So let's give a moment of silence for them. Okay. 1,001. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, there goes that And they're moment. gone. Going, going, gone. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, don't forget to hit us up at AfterBuzzTV on Twitter. Of course, Facebook.com slash AfterBuzzTV. Or call in tonight, 424-256-1729. So um, we're gonna, we have quite a few things to talk about. We're going to be talking about um, the amazing threesome. <laughs> okay, so I guess I'm going to start <laughs> off with that. You know I have to keep it spicy. And so, yes, we start off with this intense, amazing fight scene at the beginning of this episode. But what stood out to me more was this intense, amazing, passionate love scene. Oh, and actually, it was a foursome. I misspoke. It's not a threesome, it was a foursome. It was a foursome, you're right, because there was three women, two kissing on each other while he was getting his freak on with his new lover. Saxa. Saxa is her from, name. Yeah, from last season. Remember, she was the German and girl I didn't recognize her at first, but I can see that it's, like, you, you recognize the blonde hair, the physical attributes, and that you can see that it's her. But this sex scene was definitely X-rated. Like it was, it was almost, it wasn't porn because it was on stars, (laughs) (laughs) but it was definitely hot. It showed all of the nooks and crannies. We saw nipples. We saw butt. We saw abs. I saw a little bit of pube hair, I think. A little bit of pube hair, probably. We saw tongue. We saw every single body part being used except for the blurb blurb, like the main ones, but it was pretty hot and heavy. And then from that scene of the foursome... Which you, which you called an orgy. I, I called it an orgy, yes. It transitioned into two men that were having, I guess, I, They're two, having gay two, sex. Two, They're having sex. Two lovers having a gay scene. Yeah, we go from a foursome, which is, you know, it, it's and it, a foursome, it cuts which to is more. Nasser and Agron. Yes, it cuts to Nasser and Agron. And that was such an interesting way that, uh, of course, Stephen denied. I'm sure he wrote this. He wrote this episode, actually. He did. And he, he must have wrote that screenplay so well for it because it totally messed with the audience, to be honest. Like, it's, well, it goes from something that's more mainstream and, and like, a little bit, you a bit more acceptable. You get pulled into Gannigus having this amazing, passionate affair with these women that his, that, that um, how do I say her name? Saxus? Saxa. Saxa had brought these women for him. That's like every man, like every man you can speak to on mine. That's their fantasy. And so in the, like that's their greatest, 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 greatest dream come true. And then it goes to two men. And then it goes men to two men. <laughs> finishing what they were doing. And it, 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 I'm sure. They were orgasming. They it were was orgasming. the same intensity. It was the same thing. It went from Gannicus finishing his orgasms to Nasir and Agron, two men, finishing their, their orgasms together as lovers. And I thought that that was an interesting parallel because it's heterosexual passion versus homosexual passion, but just as intense, just as important, although they got a shorter scene of it. They did. They did. Because, you know, overall in society right now, it's I would say it's not as acceptable to mm-hmm. be seeing that stuff. But you know what I saw? I, I don't I, even think Spartacus follows those rules, though. No, it doesn't. It and has that's, rules of its own. That We talked a little bit about that last season, how it's all about, it doesn't matter about homosexual sex, heterosexual sex. It's all sex and it's all love. Mm-hmm. And it's just love between two people or or in, in Gannicus's case, four people. But, um, but if you think about it, Nasser and Agron are really in love. They are. And this is the first time that we have seen an admiral 
admirable gay relationship that we actually know the characters so well and they have lasted more than a season. <laughs> we had a Barca. That was his name. I was trying to think about it off okay. air. Barca, remember him? The, yeah. the, the He was the beast of Carthage. Him and he had he had a couple of gay lovers, right? But, right. His, but they always got killed off. Correct. In season zero, um, Gods of the Arena, he had his gay lover there. I forgot that guy's name. But uh, who killed him? Uh, Crixus killed him in the arena. Oh, so he that's was, right. He, they showed him and Barca being together, and then, boom, he's gone within, like, one or two episodes. He's gone. Yeah, and that was pretty sad. It was sad. And then we have him with Pietros. Pietros dies during the season, and so does Barca. So it's like all these gay relationships are ending so quickly and abruptly. But Not, this one is lasting. This one is lasting, and it's nice to see it lasting. And it, it's going to make us feel more for the characters when something happens to either Nasser or Agron. And we got to see uh, Nasser transition from a weak slave into this strong gladiator that Agron actually respects. He appreciates. Not only does he love him as his lover, but he also loves that he's a warrior now. That's right. And that he's getting respect as a man. Men still want respect at the end of the day. From, yeah, from all the other slaves. Correct. Or, well, they're not slaves anymore. What, what do we call them? They're the we, gladiator crew, gladiator the gladiator crew. army. I, I think I was reading somewhere, maybe we talked about it, but they're more like insurgents now. Right, you did Be- say that before. Because they're fighting against the, they're fighting against, what do we, should against we call the them the, Roman the liberation yeah. army? Yeah. <laughs> Let's call them army, whatever. Yeah, they're calling, they're fighting against the Roman injustice. Right. <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I just think it's, it's going to be really sad for, for, what were we talking about? Yeah, for, for Nasser to, to die if he oh, dies. Oh, he better he's not. He's probably going to die first. I can first see him dying. I already know. Because he's small. Yeah, he is and, little. But he is being looked up to by the other small guys, like Lugo, that one German guy who's tinier than mm-hmm. him. You remember that? He's like, oh, you're not little man anymore. <laughs> so that was pretty funny You stuff. did say you noticed how ripped the Germans are in comparison to everybody else. Yeah, exactly. In that one scene where it shows Nasser schooling everybody in Which that little crazy, fight. Which is crazy, right? Because mm-hmm, he wasn't even like that For him all. to go from such weakness to strength, I love these transitions that and they let us grow with these characters they let the characters develop over time so that although we may not respect them in the beginning and we might kind of even look down upon them over time with episode to episode we start to revere these characters and nassar is a perfect example of one absolutely and uh, a character that i revered a lot within this whole series has been ganicus okay we were talking about ganicus a little yes. bit let's finish up talking about him okay. because his he has accountability issues right going on with this episode here yeah i mean he's always kind of been this rebel without a cause he's just he's like a rock star he's destructive yeah he's like i'm just going to have sex and have fun and kill and not answer to anybody, but I'm going to do what's right at the same time. And that kind of is confusing because is he a leader or is he not a leader? And he has yet to choose which one. And although he's doing right and he's following in Spartacus's footsteps and helping with the cause, he's not taking accountability, like he's, you said. He's only doing what's asked of him. He's not exactly. doing anymore. He doesn't want to be he's a leader. He's not checking in. And even though in that scene, that they had a really important scene together where Gannicus reports to Spartacus after three days right. of fucking and drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they have, it's a, it was such an ironic scene. And I feel like the overall, like uh, the more I analyze it, their the, their relationship is almost like it, it's so funny because Gannicus he's a drunk. He's right. Pre- he's pretty much a drunk. Correct. But he is actually the most clear person in the whole insurgency because 
he is telling Spartacus the only thing that, that's on his mind, which is, why are you doing this? Why are you still bloodthirsty for exactly. Romans? And, and it's not bloodthirsty. You know, he's doing it out of, Spartacus is doing this out of some noble cause, right? He wants to make sure that the Romans do not enslave anybody ever again, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it takes the drunkard to see. It's like he's the soothsayer, you know? Yeah. In, in like Shakespearean plays. He's like, he has this clarity, even though he's drunk, he's saying, Spartacus... You are sending us down a path of madness, and I will follow <laughs> you to the Roman Senate if that is your wish. Right. But I know that this is going to end pretty much badly. Well, he says a thousand lives would not equal Soraeus. I dared to love a Sor- woman Soros. once. Soros. Soros. I would. I dared to not. I dared to love a woman once, which means Spartacus. I see through you. This is all still in her honor. These years that you've been fighting, these years that you've wanted your freedom, it's all ha- it's all been for your ex-wife. That's all that it's been for. And Spartacus has had several many lovers we've seen on the show, but none compared to his wife. And he's still fighting in her honor. But Gannicus busts him out and he's like, I know what this is really about. You still have this vengeance. He does. It's followed him from the previous season. And I appreciate the fact that he came clean and talked about his relationship that he had with Onimaeus's wife because that to him was a big eye opener and a big awakening and the one thing that made him vulnerable. And Gannicus is a very strong, prideful man. He's a womanizer. But at the end of the day, he too has experienced true love. And loss. And loss, which really, really, it makes you strong, but it also humbles you once you lose them. Uh, speaking about uh, Spartacus a little bit, so in this scene, it it shows Spartacus's fatal flaw, mm-hmm. which, and his hubris is that he believes that he has his noble cause and he still holds that vengeance. I was at earlier tonight. I was like, dude, he's he's like Captain Ahab from Moby Dick. You know, he's chasing after this big beast, this white whale that injured him. Before. Oh yeah, like Rome has injured Spartacus. Correct. By he blames taking, Rome for yeah. every agony or pain that he's ever been through. Exactly. And But I think that Ganega sees that, and he knows that because he's fighting for that, and not so much for the honor and all that. Like, they're not the, so, Spartacus is saying one thing, but he's really fighting for another, and I think Ganega sees through that. And that's why he kind of doesn't take it seriously. He's like, I'm going to fight because I'm a good fighter, and I really know what your cause is. But he hasn't stepped up yet. He's still not stepping up. But I do appreciate the fact that at least he's fighting for the right side this time. I guess it's funny that we decided to talk about Gannicus's accountability, but it's really Spartacus's accountability that we're Correct. discussing too. It's Spartacus's accountability also. He, he's the one that's forcing everybody into this war of the damned. Well, I appreciate him saying, so then I will drink and fuck in your name. Yes. Because he was telling Spartacus, like, chill, let's have a good time. And Spartacus is like, no. Like, he pushes the cup away from him. He doesn't want to drink anymore. Yeah, wine. he's still trying to be holier than thou, you know, baby Jesus. And Gannicus still sees through that. He's like, okay, fine. I'll drink and fuck on your name. But at the end of the day, he knows what they're really fighting for. And he kept it real. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, speaking of keeping it real, our fans, <laughs> they should keep it real with us. They and, should. And of course, they should, you know, as well, download our iTunes podcast of this show. You know, go to uh, iTunes and type in the search bar. Spartacus After Buzz TV, and you will find us, and you can download this, rate and comment us. Give us five stars, you know, like, we deserve it, totally. right? Totally. Let's go for that, please. Let us know what other topics you guys want us to talk about as well. If you're a huge Spartacus fan, and you would like to see us address X, Y, and Z, we will do it for you. Just let us know what you need. 
Yeah, and uh, tell a friend. It only takes a minute. You know? Exactly. Just go ahead and do that stuff. Uh, let's. We had a big introduction. Yes. Somebody who we've been talking about since the first Forever. season. Everybody refers to him. Who is it? Marcus Crassus. Exciting to see him in the flesh. And I appreciate this, the, the writers of the show immediately showing us his character, who he is. He's very strong. He's a leader. But at the same time, Something that you mentioned was this is not a snake like the previous ep- uh, the previous seasons that we've seen where there is uh, someone evil amongst us. He's not a snake. This is someone who's a wolf. You said yes. He is. He's a wolf because he's cunning. Snakes can be cunning. You know they slither around. But that was Asher. That was Batiatis. Correct. That was uh, that was Globber. These were all snake-like people who, even Lucretia, Alithia too, everybody tried, to, everybody tried to get around each other, lies behind each other's backs. No one could back anything up. No one could back anything up with power. And that's what Marcus Crassus has. He's the most, the, the richest guy in Rome. Mm-hmm. He's a formidable fighter. He's not the typical Roman. Mm-hmm. He uh, spars with, his, with a gladiator that he purchased in the past. Correct. And that's something that it's looked down upon by the senator, Senator Metellus, who we got introduced to as well, and his own son, his son Tiberius, is like, why are you doing this, father? Why are you grunting and groaning with this slave? You know? And this was kind of like a moral lesson as well. While we are introduced to this new character and we see his power, we, are, we know that He's smarter than what they're presenting to us. And we start to see, and the reason why you say he's not a snake and he's a wolf, is because he's able to formulate a plan that we don't know is going on. And he's starting to just kind of piece the puzzle together and create a domino effect. He's playing several mini games at one time. <laughs> he, he, and because he has the money to back it up and he has the respect for Spartacus and the slaves his son Tiberius is like saying like he doesn't get it he's immature he's naive the son doesn't get it yet exactly he thinks that all the slaves are below him just like every other Roman does but Crassus even though he's the richest one above everybody else he knows that he needs to not underestimate the uh, the insurgents well physical strength comes also with mental strength so he's training he's preparing for not only a physical battle with the gladiator but a mental battle as well and that's why he has taken his slave who used to be a gladiator and is forcing him to train him in the art of battle so that when it is time for him to go toe-to-toe he's not fighting in fear and the slave's name was uh balerius right correct Okay, and so he, he we see uh, Crassus fighting with the unorthodox style with two blades, just like Spartacus and Gannicus fight with. And those are the two guys we know who kick the most butt right. on the team, right? And uh, it's just interesting to see that because every other Roman doesn't fight like that. They like fighting with the shield and the sword. And I appreciate the fact that we got introduced to him and there's a scene where they challenge one another. And um, Marcus Crassus says, you know, to his uh, son, you believe wealth and position grant you power and advantage above those beneath you. That was setting us up and preparing us for the fact that not only is he wise and intelligent and he's a great fighter, but he's also two steps ahead of us. He knows that it's going to take mental and physical endurance to defeat Spartacus. He knows that Spartacus is a million times stronger than him. Army or not, Spartacus can take him down. So he's preparing for the future, and that's what makes him an intelligent. We haven't seen this before, this uh, this mental strength. 
We've seen snakes. We've seen conniving. We've seen cunning. We've seen undermining. But what he's doing is very strategic. He's preparing as opposed to just being conniving. You're you're absolutely right. Uh, by the way, Crassus is played by the actor Simon Merrills. I don't know very much about him, but we should do more research yeah, on him. Yeah, let's do some research on him. Let's see who he is. I must say, though, ever since I first saw him and his his speech, his intonation uh, when he talks during his lines, he kind of reminds me of Daniel Craig, especially in the face oh, a lot. Oh, I can see that. I definitely can see that. It's very interesting. And this guy, is he is a very formidable, respectable villain. And he, I, he's not the villains at, like, Asher that we loved to hate right. because they were so hateable. Right. This guy is actually scary. Well, what did you think about his relationship with Belarus? Because he actually killed someone who I think that he has a respect and love for. But that hard that had to have been hard because he went toe to toe with somebody that he knew he needed to take down in order to not be fearful anymore. That's right. But it was also somebody who was a slave that was very close to him. It was. He was probably he was probably uh, on par with Onimaeus for Badiatis. Oh, I like that comparison. I love that comparison, Sean. He probably raised him. He seemed like he was older. They seemed very as well. close, right? They seemed like they actually grew up together. And it was it was interesting hearing somebody else uh, call another man Dominus because we're so used to hearing that in the previous season and with Onimaeus, you know, and to hear uh, Belarus say that it was it was interesting. I was like, wait, you're not Onimaeus. <laughs> yeah, to hear to hear Belarus say that it's it took us back two seasons. Yeah, because. In season one, you know, everybody got freed by the end. So there was no more Dominuses, mm-hmm. right? Very interesting. It, that was a great fight scene with Belarus and Crassus, by the way. It was amazing. It, it was really good. And it kept going back between, back and forth between Spartacus and his men, killing the two generals or praetors, as they call them in Rome. And um, uh, let's see, c- cunning. You know, Crassus was just cunning and physically formidable. And he he used that great move, you know, he... He took this. He lost his weapons, but he grabbed Bellaris's sword. He cut himself. He cut himself. No other Roman would do that. They would rather lose their heads than be cut and be bleeding and stuff during a battle, right? They all want to look nice in their their cool looking uniforms with their breastplates and their their red uh, cloth. But he gets down and dirty, just like the slaves and the insurgents do. And in that scene too, you saw Tiberius be so afraid. He was extremely fearful for his father's life, but that shows us the lack of trust and faith that he had in his father's ability. But once you saw his father take down uh, Belarus, you saw that respect was immediately honored. He, he, it was earned. Yeah, it was earned. He definitely had a different... Like, he was just in awe that his father went to kind of such raw and brutal form in order to win but that's what it took yeah that's what it took it took that losing self losing fearlessness and just going for it let's go ahead and uh talk about the butcher and spartacus over in the camp kind of halfway through the episode that was a really interesting scene so how did how did we get to that scene so we have the ganicus scene going on we're showing yeah we're showing them training we're showing them fighting and we have in the very beginning of the episode in the very beginning of the episode uh there was actually that horse that spartacus rode into battle got killed and that's the one that this guy was using did you catch that 
the, yes. the horse that died in battle, it was Spartacus's. Now this guy, this butcher, is this like he's like a black market butcher. He's like cutting, <laughs> he's cutting up the yeah, horses. Yeah, everybody's giving it away. like trying to get this horse meat. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out that his, that Spartacus's army is too large. And that he's unable to feed and clothe everyone because there's so many people. And they're not just people who fight. They're not just the insurgents, the, the military men. There's kids there. There's there's women. Right. There, you know, there's children. There's people who don't have the skill to fight. These scrawny, like, emaciated guys. Right. Who have nothing to do but sit around and eat. Well, I I like that... And I, and I kind of knew that the butcher was going to do this. I like that the butcher pointed out the ungodlike features of Spartacus and kind of get, made Spartacus have like a little bit of... Um, it made him humbled. A little bit. I feel like it made him step outside of himself and kind of see that you're so focused on war that you're losing track of the others that are not benefiting from this battle. We're suffering. And look, we're eating your horse. And if you look at the flies and the probably millions of bacteria that were on this meat that they were having to survive off of. It it was very grotesque, but it also showed the rawness. It showed the goriness of battle and war. It showed something other than their victories against the Romans. Exactly. And it also, he spoke freely because he didn't know that it was Spartacus. And then, of course, we see, you know, the rest of the guys um, come up and he's like, oh, you know, my apologies. He gets identified as being Spartacus. Right. He gets identified as being Spartacus, the leader. And he's a little bit, the, the butcher's a little bit embarrassed, but at the same time, Spartacus needed to know those things that were going on because he wasn't paying attention to anybody who wasn't really fighting. Absolutely. And that's that's probably what leads him later on to being like, hey, we can't survive out here during right. the winter. We need to move somewhere. We need to move to a city. And they and then he says he wants to tear a city from the flesh of Rome, which was a very good line. Yes, by the way. that was really good. And uh, it, it was also uh, fascinating to hear how the butcher was alluding to him like you were talking about. And it sh- it shows that Spartacus is now becoming like a man of legend, mm-hmm. a man of legend and stories. So people don't know what he looks like. He's just like this slave who became that's this what happens when word travels. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's going to allude to later on in the in the end of the season, where they're probably going to have an allusion to the old Spartacus film uh, of the nineteen sixties. Yes, the I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. And we'll talk about that later on in our LA Live premiere for news and gossip. We will. We will talk about that. And uh, yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. So, uh, uh, Navia lures the Romans. We saw a little bit of Navia. So. I appreciate the fact that although I'm not as fond of this Navia because I really was attached to the other one. I was too. I, I do love the fact that they are allowing us to grow and develop with this Navia. We're seeing her go from weak to strong. Um, we're seeing her not only fighting skills develop, but her relationship develop as well. And she lures in the Romans in order to help the gladiator army defeat them and acquire information. She's very cunning. She is. And so and so when they stop her and they're like, who is who is with you? Fine fucking tongue. Uh Navia's response was hardcore. She replies, death. Because death is what was with her. That is what is awaiting you Romans. Mess with me, you're going to mess with my crew. And that's what she she was waiting for them to strike her so that she could 
strike first. She was hoping, please mess with me so that I can kill you because my people got my back in hood terms. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I, we remarked upon, like, earlier off air, you mentioned how uh, she thought she was wearing too much makeup. I thought she was wearing, from a male's perspective, I thought she was wearing very little makeup, but you saw the eyes. Well, you, you said Navy is looking better and better. She looks really great this episode. And I said she has a lot of eyeliner and mascara on. I can tell that they've put makeup on her to beautify her, which she's a beautiful woman. But I don't know if eyeliner really existed during this era. Oh, of course. Like it was precise too. It looked like smoky eye. Like I just I felt like it was a little overdone. Uh, but I think, you know, they want us to find her more attractive and sexually appealing, which we do. And she obviously is doing something right because she still has her man. You know what I just realized is other than her and Saxa, we have no other strong women characters. No, we don't. Spartacus, uh, he doesn't have Mira anymore. And I loved Mira. I thought that Mira, I thought that she was awesome. And I'm really sad to have seen her gone. And Lucretia and Alithia were both very attractive, and they were both strong female characters yeah. as well. And they're both they're gone. They're evil. That's where their strength lies. So this is, it's really interesting, like, there's, there's so much more men now, and there's a lack of women on the cast. <sighs> okay, so, you know that I always have to bring up something... Physiques. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about that. I was going to say that, um, because you're because you're referring to women. Now, we didn't... We got introduced to another character with Marcus Crixus and... Craxus. Craxus. I always say that wrong. Okay. Marcus Craxus. These names are so Crassus. hard, guys. Like Craxus. Ass. Like your ass. Crax-ass. The, the okay. gods Marcus ram ass. ass. There's so many names, you guys. I'm sorry at home. I didn't live during this era. And there's a million names, <laughs> but Marcus cracks ass. <laughs> <laughs> you should just call him that from now on. And his wife. His wife is a new character who's introduced to And I'm, I'm wondering what role she's going to play. And we didn't even really get, I don't recall her We name. didn't get too much of her. But we got the name of the body slave. But the body slave, Coral. Corey. Corey. With K-O-R-E. Okay. Is going to tend to Marcus' needs. I felt like this is going to be a storyline for us just because we're used to seeing um, the women in this movie in positions of power with men of power get played. There's a lot of adultery that goes on in Spartacus. So we already know that she's getting played by her slave, Cora. And so one thing that she said is, your bed awaits if you find a want of it. I felt like that was a very strong line, although we only saw her for like 30 seconds. I felt like his wife's line was very strong because a lot of women in modern day time still deal with this. The mistress. The mistress is something that it's it's been going on through years and years, generations. And we see it on this show, Spartacus. And the slave is obviously having an affair with him. But the wife knows this and is okay with this. Because she knows her man is in a position of power. If he's having an affair, I don't think it's one of love. No, uh, I he's think just it's using just his slave for sex. Probably just for sex. So she's there and the wife wants to sleep. He's going to let the wife sleep. He doesn't want to burden the wife. But the wife really wants him in bed. Yeah. And it was so disrespectful when he said that Cora will tend to my needs. You just wiped out all of the power and all of the kindness that your wife was trying to give you by doing that. That's true. But that shows... The fact that they set, they introduced us to him as this strong character, this fighter, this wise, uh, strategic character, they showed us as women his uh, unfaithful 
and his negative points by his love affair with this slave. But you know what? I feel like we're imagining this. I feel like everything you're talking about, Spicy, you don't think he's like, having, You don't think he's sleeping with this slave? I think it's possible that he is, but we haven't seen any evidence of it yet. The his only thing, wife's instincts. The reason that I feel like this is because his wife was like, oh. It was a vague statement that I he made. See. So until I see him... Did you see Corey's look on her face? She was a shame. It was a face of shame. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But we don't know yet. We still don't know if he is actually physically good, doing the old in-out, in-out with her. Mm-hmm. But we'll see next episode because then we'll, we'll probably get it confirmed. Yeah, we'll probably get a little womp-womp going on. But I definitely felt like he disrespected his wife this episode. I think you're right. And that's probably his only weakness so far. That's his only hubris is that he's a workaholic and he doesn't care about his family life at yeah. home. He's treating his son Tiberius like crap because he's not, not up to expectations and he doesn't appreciate his wife. And, well, eh, his son's kind of a jerk too, though. His son is a little You can tell jerk. he's a spoiled, ungrateful, oh, I don't have to watch daddy fight. Because you need to you need to support your father You'll and understand, learn. like, you are going up against some serious beasts. Does it seem like he might have a little affair with his body slave boy, Tiberius? I, I don't, I didn't pick that up. I felt like she was kind of... She, oh, not Cora. I'm talking about the boy. Remember, he went out in the hallway. Um, this, I forgot what scene this oh, was Oh, his after. BFF. Yeah, his, like, best friend. It looked like oh, it was a little he, bit more than he's friendly. Gay. I think he might be gay, especially the way he was sitting and such. Uh, yeah, he was sitting kind of feminine. I don't know, but I can see why you would think that. There is a possibility of that. We can I say think, that's an after buzz prediction. I think there's an allusion to him being gay, but we'll see. Um, anyway, let's, let's go ahead and talk about who died this episode. Oh. So we had, uh, well, we had some new characters introduced. We had generals or praetors, as they call them in Rome, uh, Cassinius and Furius, Correct. who were at the beginning fight in Nasiria, I think that's the name of the place, Nasiria, something like that. Anyway, so they both end up dead, beheaded by Spartacus, thankfully. Which was the most goriest scene, I feel like, of the episode. Yeah, the fighting scene, the intro for the fighting scene was pretty awesome. Smashing the eagle but into it, that soldier's but the, face. But we've seen lots of fighting scenes before. Yes. But that scene where he chopped off both of their heads, the difference between this scene and the other scenes is it was slow motion and we saw the blood pouring from their head like their necks were just chopped off and we we just see it oozing out and they put it in slow motion for us so that we didn't miss a drop we didn't and it was there were no drops actually it was like a waterfall (laughs) of of goopy blood coming out of their head holes but you would agree you said too you you noticed that that this episode was far more gorier than other Spartacus episodes. I feel like this season, obviously, because it's the last one, they're probably going to make it the goriest they can. And then you're going to push the envelope, too. And they're going to push the envelope, yeah. And it feels like they're doing something different with the blood. It doesn't look as watery this time. It looks good, though. I, I like the blood. It looks like Gak blood. Remember Gak, those little, like, goopy toys? Like, you know what, you know what I'm talking about? From, <laughs> I don't like, remember from that From Nickelodeon? Oh, like, they had those I remember Gak that, things. yeah. It's like Gak blood. Okay, so you so you think that they're using more gacky blood? I think they're just using more concentrated, syrupy-looking, viscous blood. Well, I definitely know that they turned up the notch a little bit with the sex scenes. We saw a lot of bathing going on. We saw some threesomes going on. So I'm sure we're going to see a lot of more sex going on this season as well. Absolutely. Um, Senator Matillus was introduced to us who uh, talked to Marcus Crassus. Mm-hmm. And then we saw Belarus introduced to us who is the the slave that uh, Crassus killed. And he had an excellent death 
which was very a very good death. Um, and he was actually over at the premiere that we saw. Did you see him? He was up there on stage at the front. See, I don't think that I knew when I was watching him which one he was because I hadn't seen the episode yet. Yeah, there were so many people, but I just remembered that Robert Tappert, uh, Rob Tappert, the the producer of the show, Mm -hmm. when he was introducing everybody, he said he's only in one episode this season, (laughs) but he has an excellent death. I remember he said that. Oh, that's who he was referring to. That was amazing. And uh, that actually leads us into our LA Live premiere. Yay! Yay! Wait, I wanted to mention really quick the 10,000... soldiers that Marcus was going to provide. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk anything about his plan, how cunning he was with oh, having yeah. with knowing that Spartacus was going to intercept that message. He plotted and planned and schemed this entire thing to come together to where he would be uh I guess the last leader or what would you call him um last leader in charge he's, because he's he be took like out last, everybody else. The last man standing, pretty exactly. much. There's no other options but Crossus. And that's, too, when he gained the rest of Tiberius's respect. That's right. And I just wanted to mention that. Okay. So, uh, thank you. Spark. The premiere. Spicy. <laughs> um, but let's, oh, you know what? I f- almost forgot about favorite quotes. So, you've been doing a lot of favorite quotes. I haven't done too many. I want to spout some out. Okay, what and, are some of yours? And after we do favorite quotes, we'll do our uh, news and gossip and the L.A. Live premiere okay. stuff. Okay, so... Um, they, I, I said this earlier, they couple woods with, then couple woods with actions and prove belief. And that was Crassus to his son telling Tiberius to fight and see if he can best the slave. Mm. That was good. Okay, so mine is, a man's true enemy is doubt. The thing I will not carry into battle with Spartacus. Make a choice or fall when you stand. I like that a now, lot. Now, that was intense because I, I just really feel like that was a deep quote because we can relate to that just in our everyday life. We didn't even have to live in that era. We can relate to that now where doubt is our biggest enemy. And so he wanted to defeat that fear so that he knew when he went toe-to-toe to Spartacus that he stood a chance. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, he is well-trained in the ways of man. I would expose him to those of the Senate as well. And I love that. That was Crassus <laughs> saying to He was saying that to Mat- Senator Metellus. Totally insulting him, saying that he's been teaching his son in the ways of man. Now mm-hmm. let's hear the Senate. And the Senate, he's saying that the Senate are not men. Right. You They're were like, like this is an insult. Yeah, exactly. That was awesome. What do you um, I, I feel like Marcus kept saying that I serve the glory of Rome. I saved the, I serve the glory of Rome. Lies, lies, lies. Yeah. He serves himself and he is out for blood and he wants to end up on top and take Spartacus down. Oh, absolutely. So he has all the money in Rome. Now he wants all the honor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we do not know how many are inside. Let us hope that there are not too few. And that was an exchange between Crixus and Gannicus. And Gannicus hoping that there are not very uh, that there are not too few men inside, which was really <laughs> funny. Only a city will hold all of their men. We shall tear one from flesh of Rome and salt mortal wounds with blood and death. Oh yes, I know that was from Spartacus. Yes, at the end, that was good. Uh, this one, again, Crassus had such good lines. Their asses must be sore from the ramming Spartacus has given them <laughs> to be begging of help from me or something like that, to come begging to me that. So that, that was awesome. <laughs> Spartacus cussing is so amazing. It, it's so good that there are actually memes online now with just Spartacus, like, curse, curse lines. It's so amazing. Did you have anything else? Um, so I... I kind of felt like um, I'm very big on respect and I feel like when Tiberius said to his father 
you you choose to serve beneath them absent true command. He was questioning his father's uh, position of power. And I love the way that later on they flipped it and they showed us that he knew exactly what he was doing all along. Yeah, I did like that. There was so much... uh there was a lot. There was a lack of dramatic irony there, which is we didn't get to see what was happening on the other side or what was happening inside his mind. Yeah, just, they didn't really show us that, right? It just happened. It just happened, yeah. which was good. I loved that. It, it was amazing. Um, they talk of you as a god, and many and may react poorly when proven mortal. Which mm. was Gannicus saying that to Spartacus, when giving him the little like the little speech, like, "Hey, everybody thinks you're a god right now. You better be careful because you know if." If you start to bleed, there's going to be blood in the water and the sharks are going to feed. Yeah. You know? That was a good one. And you keep saying that you think that uh, he's kind of challenging Spartacus a little bit. Like, he's kind of opening Spartacus's eyes. Like, Spartacus is kind of like, not moral compass, but he he speaks freely to Spartacus. So he's kind of able to give him a different perspective that Spartacus might not be seeing. He does, which which is really amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love the way Gannicus and him have that, that dialogue. And they're both champions. They were both champions. Yeah, in the arena. and you have to respect the champion telling you, giving you some advice. Absolutely. Because Spartacus is new to this. At the end of the day, he's the newcomer. Yeah, Gannicus has more experience. Gannicus was actually, you know, freed for quite a bit. Well, Spartacus was a free man before he got enslaved, too. But uh, let's go ahead and move into our news and gossip now. Ooh, let's do it. So, as we mentioned earlier, everybody, Spicy and I went to the L.A. premiere of Spartacus, War of the Damned. Yes, we waited in a long line <laughs> with our tickets that so we could funny. see it first. That was amazing, though. It, it was. It, it was phenomenal to see uh, Spartacus on the big screen. It was on Tuesday night that we got to see it, which was um, really cool. I, I I, think that this episode was on, honestly the best, one of the best episodes of the whole series so far. I agree. And, uh, well, once I arrived, I got there before Spicy. And uh, I exchanged words with Manu Bennett, otherwise known as Crixus. <laughs> yeah. And what happened? What did you say to him? Okay, so um, I asked him if he and the rest of the team um, at the show had finished post-production yet. And he actually responded to me and he said that um, they, they have such an amazing team doing post-production because... They're on a green screen yeah. all the time. Like, yeah. none of that is real, pretty much. You know, there's hardly... Any, the those sets. The only sets that are real are the ones that are enclosed, mm-hmm. you know, when they're, like, in the villas or whatever. Uh, but there's so much, you know, when they're on the battlefields, when Spartacus and his men are, are talking, you know, above, above that mountain or valley or where, wherever they're in, it's all green screen. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, to me, additionally, that he has already sat down and he's been doing the DVD commentary Oh, that, great. that means they're like done with post production, yeah. pretty much. You know, they're, if they're sitting down and they're doing the commentary on the DVDs and Blu-rays before the season started, then they're 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 done with post production, right. pretty much. Um, and it was so funny because I was also listening to what was going on. He was signing autographs and whatnot with fans, and everybody was taking pictures of him. Um, I took a blurry picture as well. <laughs> it was um, hilarious because no one was saying anything to him. While he was filling, it was like dead silent while he was like filling out autographs. And this is outside of the Regal LA Live Theater. Right. Where people have a direct access to him. They could be yeah, yelling, they, they could be screaming. Exactly. And it was so hilarious. He even noticed that it was super silent. And he was like, you guys don't have to stay quiet. You can talk to me. Well, I think he's intimidating. Even <laughs> when he's not in character, he's still intimidating. Because, man, he is fun. He is. He, um, Obviously, his hair's a lot longer mm-hmm. in uh, in this episode and probably for the rest of this season. But uh, his hair's shorter now, almost to like uh, Crixus length when we first see Crixus. But he had a little bit of a beard and some scraggliness going on. 
um, fascinating stuff. Uh, once we got into the theater, uh, Stephen DeKnight spoke as well as Robert Tappert. Uh, Rob Tappert's the, one of the producers. Steve, Stephen DeKnight's the creator of the series and the writer of this uh, past episode we watched tonight. Um, they did some kind of silly Spartacus elimination game. Yeah, they lined everybody up. They lined every single Spartacus character up from all the past seasons and current this one. And then he started to eliminate each character based on who was living and uh, who was not on, on this season. And he winds up eliminating everybody until he was left with just Spartacus. With Liam McIntyre. Exactly. Yeah. And it's an allusion to the old, like, I am Spartacus, I'm Spartacus. Right. You know, from the 1960s movie with uh, Kirk Douglas, obviously. But we got to see everybody, everybody's character, Lucy Lawless. I mean, every he literally lined up every single character. John Hanna, Batiatis exactly. was up there too. Yeah, and, and it was amazing to see the fans and the excitement screaming and quoting all of the lines from Spartacus. It, it was pretty amazing. Uh, even people were were screaming, everybody loves Asher. You know, I loved him before I loved <laughs> to hate him, right? And people, people uh, quoted... Uh, Asher, and there was some guy made up his own quote, which was great. He said, Every season now bears the mark of Asher. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was hilarious. And Nick E. Terabay heard it and he responded and he was like, Yeah, and totally agreed <laughs> with them. Um, what else? Uh, there were also some fans that were singing the drunk song. Oh, that was pretty from, funny. From uh, from season zero, Gods of the Arena. And season there, zero. Yeah. Only Spartacus would have a season zero. Folks. My cock rages on. My, My cock, cock rages, rages on. on. And everybody, <laughs> every, people were laughing about that. And uh, this one woman seated right in front of us. She was right in front she, of us. She must have thought that Peter Mensa, aka Animaeus, was so hot or something. He is hot. He he he's got an amazing body. I'll give him that, man. <laughs> yep. and he's he's got that charisma. He's seasoned. He was sexy actor. out there. We, you guys, we literally saw every single character. Yeah, all the cast members. Yeah, from the, all the seasons, and uh, she said. Uh, Onimaeus, I would have words with you. <laughs> and everybody laughed. It was at adorable it. because it was you awesome. guys imagine a silent theater. We're in a movie theater, like a real theater, and. Every fan known to mankind who was able to get a ticket is throwing out quotes, songs, hoping to get a glimpse of these actors. And we were, and, and Sean were, and I were just able to sit there and really just take it in. But it really was an amazing moment because we got to see them not only live, but then we got to watch Spartacus prior to it airing on Stars. Absolutely. And actually, uh, for those of you who don't have stars right now and love Spartacus, go to stars.com, S-T-A-R-Z.com, and they have the first episode for free right now. You can watch it. Uh, I just got an Apple TV, so I was streaming it onto my uh, my screen and it, it, you know, on my TV screen. It's so much better than just looking at it on my iPad. Oh, you know? so Sean, can I ask you really quick, how did you think that Liam McIntyre did this episode? I thought he did his role, but I feel like it isn't as strong again, you know, he's he's portraying this character who is idealized and he's supposed to be there at the top, mm -hmm. right? And I just I I pretty much broke it down when I said he's Captain Ahab. He has been he has been wounded by Rome, this beast, and he's trying to catch this beast and kill it himself. It's a fool's errand. He's not going to be able to. Have do you this. embraced him yet as the Spartacus? I think he looks a little bit better. You had some complaints about his body. <laughs> I feel I think he looks better in the face though. His hair. I think the hair was necessary on his face. It yes. was. But uh, what did you think about his body, Spicy? Mm, you guys at home, I don't know. Ray, comment. Let us know. Go to YouTube, comment. Go to iTunes and comment. But do you feel like his body is up to par to be the leader of this incredible gladiator army? I Like Spartacus, 
still needs to do some more working out, take some protein shakes. I feel like there's no excuse for him not bulking up and being bigger this season. To, to his um, defense a bit, I feel like I saw a bit of abs when he was sitting down. I feel like they were a little spray tanned when he was sitting down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeping it real, folks. Additionally, um, to my news and gossip, I followed uh, Dan Ferrigal on Instagram. I have been getting into Instagram a lot more in the last year. Nice. Because uh, I have an iPad and Instagram became available for Android. So, um, I, uh, Dan Ferrigal, by the way, is Agron. Okay. And uh, I found a few interesting pics on his uh, his pictures up there. Um, his famous line, fucking goals. Remember when he came yes, in? He always said that totally. about, about Crixus, right? right? Him and his brother always said that stuff all the time. And even up until uh, last season, he would say that all the time. But now... He, he is actually not saying it, which is funny. And, and this line is so famous. Um, anyway, his, 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 his line, fucking galls, is actually so famous now that it's on t-shirts and, oh, wow. and memes that people have put all over online. Oh, that's pretty cool. I want a shirt of that. It's, it's super funny. And he signed the shirt, too. And I think he was going to <laughs> sell it or something, it looked like, that's for, pretty a good, cool. for a good cause. Um, and he randomly also came across a sticker on a card that showed a white outline symbol of him as Agron. Oh. And it his caption read, uh, oh, his caption for his picture on Instagram read, uh, you know you're doing something right when someone makes a car sticker <laughs> with your name on a it. A bumper sticker. That's I know. Amazing. We need bumper stickers, Sean. That's when we know we made it. Yeah, so, um, and who are we missing so far this season? We're missing Caesar, who's going to be played by Todd Lassen. Mm. Okay. We're also missing uh, Anne Hutchinson, who's going to play um, a Roman girl named, or woman rather, uh, named Leita. And who else haven't we seen? We have not seen uh, this actress named Gwendolyn Taylor, who is called Sybil. And she's supposed to be, I think, she's supposed to be um, Gannicus's new love conquest. Interest, yeah. Or interest. So yeah. we're going to be introduced to them later on in this season or maybe I, next episode? Maybe next episode. For sure, we saw the trailer for the last for the next episode and that's actually supposed, I saw in it later. She was, um, Anne Hutchinson, she was in Cabin in the Woods. Do you remember that film that came out early e 2012? Uh, ooh, uh, no. You didn't like it? I, I didn't Oh, you it. didn't see it? Okay, I saw it a couple of times, but uh, she's in that. She's like the blonde in it. She plays like the dumb blonde in the horror movie who gets like, who shows her boobs and she gets like, <laughs> she gets killed pretty much. It sounds like every horror movie. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, mm, maybe because she showed her boobs in that movie, maybe that's why she's They're like, here. You're booked. We got you, Spartacus. Yeah, You're but perfect. I, she looks so different though, because she went redhead. I feel like in this in Spartacus, redheads are in though. So, redheads are very sexy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see her. Did you have any news and gossip? No, I think we covered it all. I um uh, oh yeah, well of course we sure did. We had that LA live premiere. Yeah, anyway, the premiere was amazing. It was. And it was so fun to be there. Let's go ahead and talk about predictions now. Predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Okay, so Spartacus has to have a love affair. I hope he has a woman in his life this season. I don't know who it's going to be, though. That's the only prediction that I'm not quite sure who they're going to incorporate as... Maybe it's somebody who he's about to go kill or... And he winds up allowing her to live and he falls in love. I can see something like that happening. But he has to have a muse. Maybe it's going to be this new character later. Right, exactly. Okay, I can totally see that. Um, as far as Marcus cracks ass is concerned, <laughs> uh, he definitely is going to build up this strength in order to overpower Spartacus. But I still think at the end Spartacus will hopefully defeat him. 
Um, but I don't I, know historically what happens. I hope so too. But I'm on the uh, the I'm on the negative side. Aye, <laughs> Sean knows the truth because Sean has read the backstory. I feel uh, like next next episode they're going to overthrow a city full of inhabitants. Uh, this new character Laita, she's going to be there, and uh, we will kill many Romans in this invasion. Kill them all. And they're going to free more slaves in the process, which is kind of obvious. Uh, and maybe this is where Gannicus is also going to meet this new slave girl, Sybil, who he's probably going to fall in love with. Yeah, I want Gannicus to have, like, a real love. I want him to to experience that because I know that he's capable of it. And I think that will help his transition into leadership as well. I feel like Marcus Crassus will not be um, one to be underestimated mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, or trifled with. However, you know, all of Spartacus's army, um, it's going to think of him, him as a common Roman, which is going to be a big mistake. And I think that's going to lead to the downfall of Spartacus and all of his men. I think that his wife as well, let us not underestimate her because she is not getting any attention and, and kind of like a, a Lithia's character and um, Lucy Lawless, Lucretia, uh, sure. both of their characters, whenever they were taken out of their positions of power or just not get, give, getting attention by their men, they always did something to undermine them. And I see her undermining him. I see him, her being a thorn in his ASSS. Wow. ASS. There you go. ASS. <laughs> his ass. Okay, I'm going to say his ass because I can't spell it. Crass ass. Um, his crass ass. I see her being a thorn because... She's she acknowledges she's not getting the love and attention and respect that she deserves. So I see her kind of creating some kind of problem or feud in their relationship or in his position of power. That's a good point. And I also think that Tiberius, Crassus's son, is going to turn out to be <laughs> gay. Crassus, we have to. I can't believe we're saying that. <laughs> Crossus. Crossus. Okay, he might possibly be gay. He looks like a little mini, like Teen Wolf to me. He's pretty funny looking, I must say. He's cute. He's a cute guy to me. And and lastly, uh, next episode we will see Caesar come in. Yay! I'm excited for that. And that that is going to be pretty fascinating. That uh, concludes our after buzz wrap up. Yep, I think that's about it. So <laughs> again, thank you so much, guys, for joining me and Spicy Mari here. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. And uh, you can go ahead and follow me at Sean Austin O on Twitter. That's S E A N A U S T I N O. And you can play with my Twitter day and night at spicy underscore Madi. That's S-P-I-C-Y underscore M-A-R-I. That is quite spicy when it you say is. that. <laughs> if you're a Spartacus fan, you will completely understand. Well, anyway, so thanks a lot, guys. And don't forget to check us out on iTunes. Download us. Give us five-star rating. And we'll go ahead and see you on The War of the Damned next week. Yeah, yeah. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you, you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 